This morning, we are in an extremely shocking portion of Scripture. I can't emphasize enough to you how outlandish the things that Jesus is about to say were going to sound to the people who are gathered in the temple. It is Tuesday of Passion Week. Jesus is going to be crucified on Friday. What did Jesus say that was so shocking? Jesus said that the scribes and Pharisees were not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And, furthermore, that they were preventing other people from entering as well. Key verse, Matthew 23, 13. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter in. Despite this morning how it might first appear, we have a passage that is extremely relevant to us. Scribes and Pharisees are not a part of our experience. We don't know much about the Pharisees personally or scribes. What we need to understand in the historical context is that the scribes were the students of the scripture. They would be the doctors. They'd be the professors. They would be the intellectual gurus of the nation of Israel. They would be the most learned scholars of the day. The Pharisees were the strictest religious sect of the day. They also had the leading influence among the priests and the temple rulers. Jesus is saying, as he stands in the temple, as the Pharisees have just been asking him questions, as the crowd gathers around, he looks at the Pharisees and says, you are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And those who follow you are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven either. The point of contact for us is that there are many religious leaders in our day and age who are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven, nor are their followers. And when I'm talking about religious leaders, I'm not just talking about Buddhists or Islamists or peoples of other world religions. Jesus was addressing the leaders of the Jewish people. I'm telling you that there are people who name the name of Christ, who have influential positions in seminaries, in churches, pastors, Bible conference speakers, Christian authors, people who are well-known, who are followed, who are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven nor are their followers. That ought to be shocking to us. That ought to be worth thinking about. That ought to cause us to stop and consider. Before I get into my text this morning, let me just make a comment concerning verse 14. If you look 
If you are following in the ESV Bible, there is no verse 14. It jumps from verse 13 to verse 15. If you have an NIV Bible, there is no verse 14. NAS Bible, most of them put it in brackets. Uh, there, uh, verse 14 does not appear in the early manuscripts in this particular portion of Scripture. It is found in Mark 12:40 and Luke 20, verse 47. So there's no question that that portion of uh, Scripture is, in fact, Scripture. The question is, does it belong in this particular place or not? I'm not going to get into all the issues of uh, textual criticism at this point, but I'm going to look at verses 13 and 15 this morning, uh, for they are two verses that uh, fit together and are going to be uh, the basis of our text this morning. The theme is that Jesus announces impending judgment on the scribes and Pharisees. He says in verse 13, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Woe is an expression of grief or judgment or both. Here, woe is an expression of grief and sorrow that will come upon the scribes and Pharisees in the coming judgment. They are going to know woe, grief, sorrow. Why? Because they are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. They are going to be greatly disappointed. It is not what they anticipate at all. They are going to experience judgment, and so will their followers. They will not be allowed to enter the kingdom of heaven, nor will their followers. Why? Because they are barring the door to heaven. So as we look at this text, I have a series of who, what, where, why, and how questions to help us better understand the issues that are found in verses 13 and 15. First, who are those that are barring the door to heaven? Answer, the mainstream religious leaders. Notice verse 13. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. As I said, the scribes and the Pharisees were the most respected religious leaders of their day. They were the leading teachers of God's word. They were the rulers. They were the overseers. They were the very people that were entrusted with the responsibility of teaching God's word and helping God's people. It was the very individuals that the masses were looking to to provide them with real spiritual guidance. And in our text, they are repeatedly referred to as blind leaders of the blind. Notice verse 16. Woe to you, blind guides. Verse 17. You blind fools. Verse 19. You blind men. Verse 24. You blind guides. Verse 26. You blind Pharisees. They were blind. They could not see the truth. They were unaware of the realities of how one was to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, the most respected 
leaders of their day. The people who are in the temple leading temple worship. Application. There are many well-respected religious leaders in our day that are not going to heaven and in fact are actively engaged in keeping others out of heaven. Pastors, Bible teachers, seminary professors, authors, conference speakers, radio and television evangelists, and the list goes on and on. The very religious people that individuals look up to, admire, follow, read, listen to, are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. It is sobering. It is sobering to think of that truth and that reality. It also is shocking for it is so counter to our culture and our society that understands and thinks that every single person is going to go to heaven. No matter what their faith or lack thereof, no matter what their beliefs, no matter what their conduct, no matter what their actions, there is this general thought that everyone is going to heaven. And certainly, certainly, people that pray, certainly if you read your Bible, certainly if you attend worship, certainly if you are going to be engaged in religious activities and duties, certainly then you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven. We're talking about people who memorized the scriptures, prayed publicly and privately, led a life of separation from sin, who were knowledgeable in the word of God, who constantly were engaged in doing good works, and Jesus says they are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. People were shocked. So too, we should be shocked. So why are they not entering the kingdom of heaven? Answer, because they are hypocrites. Notice verse 13. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, and now he refers to them as hypocrites. Hypocrites. The reason that they are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven is because they are hypocrites. But hypocrites in what way? It is not just their behavior that's keeping them out of heaven. It is not simply that the scribes and Pharisees are providing a poor example for people to follow. It is their teaching that is keeping them out of heaven and their followers out of heaven. These scribes and Pharisees are described as hypocrites. But hypocrites in what way? That is essential to our understanding of the text. That, that's absolutely necessary to understand why they cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. In what way are they hypocrites? Answer. In pretending to be guardians and seekers of the truth. They are hypocrites in pretending to be guardians and seekers of the truth. They are pretending to be committed to the scriptures 
into the teaching of God's word. But they were hypocrites. They were two-faced. They were saying one thing and doing another. There are myriads of examples, but let's just look at our text to see one such example. Turn with me to Matthew 22, verse 15. 22.15, occurring on the very same day. So it's our immediate context, occurring on the very same day. Matthew 22.15, then the Pharisees went and plotted how to, now notice these words, entangle him in his words. These scribes and Pharisees were trying to come up with questions that would confound Jesus and that they could use against him to ultimately secure his death. They weren't interested in truth. They weren't asking questions sincerely. They were two-faced. They were hypocrites. They were coming across as sincere, devoted Individuals who simply wanted the truth. But in actuality, they were trying to undermine, they were trying to reject the truth. Verse 16. And they sent their disciples to him, along with Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the word of God faithfully. That was a lie. That's not what they believed. They did not believe that what Jesus was saying was true. They did not believe that he was teaching the word of God faithfully. But for the crowd's sake, and to try to dupe Jesus, they came across as people who said what Jesus said is true, and what he teaches is faithful, even though they were rejecting what Jesus taught. End of verse 16. And you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? I exegeted this passage a few weeks ago. But notice verse 18. But Jesus, aware of their malice, he was aware of their intent. He was aware that they had raised these questions simply to try to entrap him. Said, Why do you put me to the test, you hypocrites? Why are you asking me a question saying that what I say is true and what I say is faithful and at the same time you're going to reject what I say? They were liars. They were hypocrites. They were pretending to be faithful to God and his word, when in fact they were not. There are many religious leaders who are hypocrites today. They present themselves both as guardians and seekers of the truth, and they are far from it. They hide behind the mask of scholarship and intellectual integrity. Like the Pharisees of old, 
They say we simply want to arrive at the truth. We simply want to understand what Jesus really said. We just simply want to know what the Bible really teaches and what the book is really about. But they are intellectually dishonest. Like the Pharisees, they raise questions regarding the scriptures and regarding the person of Jesus when they have no intention of submitting to the truth. No intention of actually ascribing to what the Word of God actually says or placing their faith in Jesus Christ in a saving way. Their questions are merely roadblocks to further understanding. They are not innocent seekers of truth, but rather are charlatans with an agenda to undermine the truth of God and his word. So what are they doing when they bar the door to heaven? Notice verse 13. Hypocrites. Why? For you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You shut the kingdom of heaven. Slam and lock the door to the kingdom of heaven. The door to heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is the way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. It is only through faith in Jesus Christ that one is going to have an entrance into the kingdom of heaven. But these scribes and Pharisees are rejecting the person of Christ. They are not placing their faith in him. And furthermore, they are seeking to undermine anyone that would place their faith in Jesus Christ. On an early occasion, Jesus had cast out a demon. And having cast out the demon, the mute man spoke. And the crowds marveled, saying, Never was anything like this seen in Israel. The crowd was amazed at Jesus' ability and his miracles. But the Pharisees said, He cast out demons by the prince of demons. He does this not by the power of God. He does this by the power of the evil one. The scribes and Pharisees were saying he's satanic. He's not doing the work of God. He's doing the work of the evil one. And they are closing the door in people's faces the people that were so near to the kingdom, the people who were standing in Jesus' presence, the people who were hearing his word, the people who were coming to him to be healed, the people that were coming to follow Jesus. And they're saying to these very followers, he's doing this by the prince of demons. 
What is sad is that there are religious leaders today who are slamming the door to heaven in people's faces. People who are in churches, Bible studies, colleges and seminaries, listening to Bible teachers and preachers on radio, trying to better understand the Bible and who Jesus is, only to have the door slammed in their face as they are taught lies concerning the Bible and Jesus himself. They are systematically being taught that the Bible is not the inerrant word of God. They are being taught that Jesus is not fully God. They are being taught that Jesus was not born of a virgin, that Jesus did not perform the miracles that are recorded in the scriptures. They are being taught that Jesus did not rise bodily from the dead. They are being taught that Jesus is not the only way to heaven, that there are many different ways. They are slamming the door in the face of people. We need to understand that. How are they barring the door to heaven? Notice verse 13. For, the end of the verse, verse 13, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. First, by their own refusal to enter the kingdom of heaven. Their own refusal to enter the kingdom of heaven. For you neither enter yourselves. So, how does this refusal take place? What does it look like? Turn with me again to Matthew chapter 21, this time verse 23. Matthew 21, 23. Matthew 21, 23. And when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? By what right are you driving out people in the temple? How dare you invite the lame and the blind in the temple and heal them? By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you that authority? Verse 24, Jesus answered them, I will also ask you one question. And if you will answer the question, then I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, for where did it come from? From heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves. Jesus says, John the Baptist, by what authority Did he do what he did? Verse 25. They discussed among themselves. They said, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? If we say that John the Baptist was a prophet, that he was sent from God, then Jesus is going to say, well, why didn't you listen to him? Because they know that, that John the Baptist said that he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That Jesus was the one who John the Baptist baptized and heard the words from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. If we say that John the Baptist is from God, then he has us. He's going to say, well, why didn't you listen to him? Verse 26, but if we say from man... 
We're afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. Now notice, they hold that John was a prophet. They didn't. The scribes and Pharisees didn't. They rejected them. But they said, we can't go public with that. <laughs> we, can't, we can't let the people know that we don't believe that John was a prophet. That's not going to work. They're going to reject us. They might even turn on us. They might even riot. No, we can't go there. We can't be honest. We can't say that John the Baptist wasn't a prophet. So, verse 27, so they answered Jesus, we don't know. We don't know. That's not the truth. That wasn't honest. That was a sham. They hided, excuse me, they hid behind the idea that we just don't know. We'd like to know. We'd love to be able to tell you the answer, but we just don't know. That wasn't the truth. That wasn't the truth. When convicted, they simply denied. There are many religious leaders who live in willful denial of who Jesus is. Willful denial. And they hide behind an intellectual dishonesty of simply saying, we can't know. We can't know if the body resurrection really took place. We can't know if the virgin birth actually took place. We can't know if Jesus is actually the Son of God. We know a lot of people believe that, but we can't know. We, we don't really have the proof that we deny, that we need, and they deny what is the clear teaching and rational belief in who Jesus is. Furthermore, these scribes and Pharisees were even putting people out of the synagogue who were professing faith in the Lord Jesus. Notice verse 13. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves, now these words, nor allow those who would enter to go in. Not only did they undermine, not only did they deter, not only did they seek to dissuade people from entering the kingdom of heaven, but now it says they wouldn't even allow it. They wouldn't even permit it. In John chapter 9, there is an incident where Jesus heals a man who was born blind. And there's a dialogue that takes place between the man and the scribes and the Pharisees. At first, they don't believe that the man was born blind. And then after they talk to his parents and they find out he really was born blind. And so there's this, again, dialogue, and they refuse to believe in Jesus. In this dialogue that takes place between the man and the Jewish leaders, 
the Jewish leaders ask this man what he believes about Jesus. The healed man says this, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They, that is the scribes and Pharisees, answered and said to him, you were born entirely in sins, and are you teaching us? And they put him out. Jesus heard that they had put him out, and finding him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, and who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and he is the one who is talking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Those words put him out. He was cast out of the synagogue. They were forbidding people who placed faith in Jesus Christ to worship in the synagogue. They were actually not allowing it. Literally putting him out. We need to understand today the intellectual dishonesty in many religious institutions where the truth of God is ridiculed, mocked, belittled, so that people do not want to identify with Jesus Christ. And there are many places where the truth of God is not allowed to be taught. I was in a doctoral program. I had one person transfer in from an institution that will remain nameless, but a very familiar religious institution of which that person could not receive their doctorate because of the stand that they took on the scriptures. Because they held to the infallibility of the scriptures, they would not allow that person to receive a doctoral degree, even though they were doing very well in all of their classes and they would have easily met the academic requirements, but they were being refused because of their position on the scriptures. And so they transferred in to an institution that would allow them to graduate with that belief. Now, I need... I think, to raise a word of caution here. For I don't want to be understood, misunderstood. Don't hear me say that I'm opposed to education. I'm not. I'm not an anti-intellectual. I'm not opposed to seminary education. In fact, quite the opposite. I taught four years part-time at biblical seminary. I chaired the curriculum committee and academic affairs committee at Biblical Seminary for a number of years, and I was the chairman of the board of Biblical Seminary for a number of years. I'm not against seminary education. I'm not against study. I'm not against a thorough examining of the scriptures. In fact, I am all for it. I'm not talking about an anti-intellectualism. What I am talking about is a sophisticated unbelief. Where people hide behind the guise of intellectual honesty only in order to undermine and to raise uh, unsustainable questions about the scriptures and about Jesus.
There are religious institutions where the scriptures are under attack and where Jesus is under attack. And there are churches where pastors do not believe in the virgin birth. They do not believe that Jesus performed the miracles. We need to understand that these things are present and real. And that Jesus said they are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Because we live in a day and age in which people say, well, as long as they're going to church, that's a good thing. I'm just happy they're going somewhere. Well, the somewhere they're going to may lead them to hell. The someone where they're going to may undermine their faith rather than create faith. The somewhere that they are going to may, in fact, be antithetical to the Lord Jesus Christ. These are his words. And I can show you commentaries in which they reject the idea that Jesus even said this. Because this isn't like Jesus, who is a person of love. Therefore, this can't be scripture. That's not the answer. That's not the truth. It's to bow before Jesus and who he is. So where are they barring the door to heaven? Everywhere they go, and they're going to great lengths. Notice verse 15. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. The lengths to which the Pharisees will go in making disciples. You travel across sea and land. They go to great lengths. The great lengths to obtain just one single follower, to make a single proselyte. A proselyte was a Gentile convert to their form of Judaism. And notice the great condemnation that will follow. The end of verse 15. You make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Jesus said more than simply that they're not going to go to heaven. Jesus actually said they're going to hell. He made it absolutely clear. And there are probably people here this morning that are squirming. Maybe even be embarrassed that their pastor is talking this way. How narrow-minded to say that there are religious people, people who are praying, people who are reading the scriptures, people who are gathering together for worship this morning who aren't going to heaven. The only reason I'm saying it this morning is because that's what our text is saying. That's what Jesus is saying. This text clearly teaches that not everyone is going to heaven. Not even all who pray or read their Bibles or attend worship services or even teach or lead Bible studies are going to heaven. How this stands in contrast to the beliefs of our day. Beliefs that every single person is going to heaven. Or, 
at least people who sometimes pray, sometimes read the Bible, sometimes go to church. Truth mattered to Jesus, and it still matters today. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. The real Jesus is the only way. He had to be the Son of God. He had to be born of a virgin. He really did perform the miracles that are recorded in the scriptures. He really did die on the cross. He really was placed in a tomb. He really did come forth bodily out of that tomb. He really did ascend bodily into heaven, and he really is coming bodily back to this earth. And you must believe that if you're going to be saved. And if you don't, you don't believe in the Jesus of the Bible. You believe in a man-made Jesus. You are in the same boat as are the Pharisees, who on one hand are claiming to agree with Jesus and say, you faithfully teach what is true and you are faithful to the scriptures and at the same time deny what Jesus says. Doctrine is not irrelevant. Religious leaders will have to give an account for leading other people astray. We must be on guard as to the religious leaders that we follow. We're to follow those religious leaders that teach us to trust in Christ, that he is the very Son of God, that he is the true Messiah, that he is the one and only Savior of the world. How do religious leaders shut the door to heaven by rejecting the person of Christ by resisting the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and by refusing to faithfully and accurately teach and preach the Word of God. And in conclusion, let me say one more time. I am not against theological training. I believe it is so important. I think that it is much more important than people realize today. It's because of these very issues that it's so necessary. You need to be able to answer these questions. You need to be able to give rational response to the people who raise insincere questions. You need to know how to handle textual criticism and all those other things. I submit that our teachers ought to be as trained as possible. We have many good academic institutions that believe in the personal Lord Jesus Christ who trust in the scriptures and will give you a wonderful foundation in the word of God. I am not against academia. I'm not against study. I'm not against a thorough examination of what we believe. We need all of that. What this text is, a, is addressing is hypocrisy. It is, on the one hand, saying I am seeking truth, at the same time rejecting that very truth that one is supposed to be seeking. There is a lot that is done in academia under the guise of intellectual honesty that is incredibly dishonest 
in the way that it handles the text, in the way that it, it handles the foundations of our faith, of our belief. It is a sobering portion of Scripture. May we take it to heart. May we give it due consideration. May we recognize that there are many, many religious, I'm talking about foreign religions, many in Christendom that are writing, teaching, pastoring, that have no personal relationship to Jesus Christ and who are undermining the faith of those that follow him. Let's be on guard. Let's pray. Our Father, help us. Help us, Lord, uh, to be faithful to you, to be faithful to your word, to heed such difficult exhortations as the one we find in our text. Uh, Lord, uh, help us to be people who really are seeking truth, who really do want to know what your word says and know who you are. And Lord, may we understand the dangers that are out there of people who really don't know you and who really don't want to know the truth. Uh, Lord, give us a spirit of discernment and give us not in any way animosity or, or hatred towards such people, but Lord, give us a spirit of compassion. Give us a desire to win them. Give us a desire to talk with them, to witness to them, to, Lord, confront them in a a loving, winsome way, to try to share with them the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, that through him we can have eternal life. Lord, may we rejoice in that truth and may we share it with others in a way that, uh, Lord, you would be pleased to use it for the salvation of souls. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.